0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think
1: Lambeau is a cathedral,
0: this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and
1: Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein. And we have, this week, the 1-0 Packers against the 1-0 Falcons in Atlanta. Packers flying down to take on the Dirty Birds. Perry Goldstein, what do you think? This is going to be kind of fun.
0: I think this is going to be a really fun game. Um, The Falcons are... In an interesting spot, very different than the Packers, but also in a very similar kind of like middle ground-ish rebuild. A lot of young players, a lot of exciting players. Um, On the flip side of the Packers, they've invested a lot of first round picks in a lot of offensive players, and the Packers are going to be tasked with stopping said players. So um, it's going to be fun, I think it's a totally and completely different team than the team that has beat the Packers of old, but there's something about going to Atlanta that makes me really jittery. <laughs> um, there's been some really uh, insane matchups between the Packers and the Falcons. And again, I think that was, you know, with Rogers, Matt Ryan years, but um, who knows, Desmond Ritter's at the helm now, and maybe this will be another iteration of that very interesting NFC rivalry.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, when they opened the brand new stadium, they put in that turf, and the fear was always that the Packers could not (laughs) hang with the speed of the Falcons on turf, and I think now it's really interesting, because the Packers actually have some speed of their own to play with, and we'll get into the injury report a little bit later, obviously talk about who might be available, but... It is exactly like you said, you know, the Packers, it's like the antithesis of the Falcons. The Falcons invested all of that first round capital in an offense, whereas the Packers have all of their first rounders going into the defensive side of the ball. So maybe that's where we start. Let's start talking with the Falcons offense and what this Packers defense that had a really nice showing on Sunday Mm -hmm. needs to do to slow them down.
0: Well, I think number one, number one, a and number one B is uh, B John Robinson and Tyler Algiers. Uh, I just think the fact, Falcons rushing attack is, um, kind of the crux of their offense. You watch the game against the Panthers and you just see how much they feature both backs. And I think they're both also very multiple. Um, you mentioned it pre-show, but you know, B John Robinson as a rookie and his first game was also the most targeted in the receiving game from Desmond Ritter. Um, they use both backs on the field quite often and pony, um, they can pass pro, they can break tackles, they can both do everything. So um, while I think the Packers' run defense looked pretty nice and stout in, um, in the game against the Bears, it's obviously nowhere near the kind of run game that the Falcons have, even just from like a talent perspective. So that's going to be like number one in my mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think the head-scratcher with this Falcons offense, again, it's Desmond Ritter, it's a really young quarterback, he's making his sixth start on Sunday, so he's got, you could argue, those rookie growing pains too, hasn't played a full season yet, but they didn't really give him that many opportunities to throw the ball, 15 completions on 18 attempts for 115 yards, one touchdown, obviously a completion percentage of 83, which is really good. But he's only throwing six yards per attempt, oh, and yeah. most of those passes were screens. So, if they want him to sling it, they're going to need to open up the offense a little bit. Drake London had one target, was not a completion. Kyle Pitts had three targets. So it's kind it's kind of a head scratcher. Like you have these these tall weapons. Like you think Kyle Pitts would be a, a young quarterback's best friend, and Drake London another like really big bodied receiver um, with a wide catch radius. So. Wondering if they'll open that up a little bit, you know, this week. But Jair and company is not necessarily the secondary I'd want to test that against either.
0: Yeah, you bring up so many good points. I think one being that Desmond Ritter is not necessarily the weapon here. It's that he gets the ball into the hands of his weapons and they're the ones that are creating yardage. So I think wrapping up and tackling is gonna be huge for the Packers defense in this game, right? Because we watch those guys break tackles and we watch the Packers use their shoulders yet again against the Bears. Um, The other being, right, they're two very big bodied weapons in the past game that weren't utilized, which has been actually a topic of this week, rightfully so. I think um, Arthur Smith had some really interesting comments about it that I don't necessarily understand. But if they get involved, and if Ritter can get them the ball, I mean, these are huge. And I mean huge as in, like, physical, physically large, tall specimens, um, super athletic players. So it is going to be a test a little bit for the secondary. Um, I think just size matchups, like Jair and Kyle Pitts is probably a very fun, um, you know, matchup from an athletic perspective, but Pitts has a number of Uh, inches on him. And if anything, I mean, the mismatch here is I think getting either of those guys on Keyshawn Nixon. Um, I think he did okay in the slot last week. But um, if I'm opposing offensive coordinators, I'd prefer to target him over Rasul or Jair Alexander. So that's a little bit of a player to watch, I guess, on the Packers.
1: Yeah, we said we'd bring up, we'll talk about the Packers injury report a little bit later, but I think something pretty significant too for this Falcons offense is that it sounds like they're getting Cordell, uh, Cordell Patterson back, which is very significant. Obviously, he was a full participant in practice this entire week um, after not playing in week one. So when you already have Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier, and then you consider adding what they call you know their Joker, who's a wide receiver running back combo you have to wonder what that's going to do to the offense too, right? Like he's going to open up so many avenues, especially if Desmond Ritter's kind of comfort is the screen game. That just adds another dynamic option for them. And the Packers are really going to have to wrap up when they tackle.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, if I'm the Falcons, I'm running the ball as much as humanly possible until the Packers show me that they're stopping it. Um, And that's been, I think their Achilles heel for, a really, really long time. Um, now that's not to say that, that's not to say like watching the Panthers, right? Like they, the Falcons punted the ball plenty. This wasn't like a super, super high scoring game. It obviously ended up being 24-10, but that last touchdown didn't end up coming until like late into the fourth quarter. Um, and I think this Packers run defense looked really stout last week. Um, so I think they just need to continue what they're doing I, I'm interested to see, like, how much, and I'm, I would love your thoughts on this, like how much this Packers pass rush can do um, against this O-line in terms of getting to Ritter, because that's also going to be huge. I mean, Carolina was able to get to him, so I think the Packers pass rush should be able to as well. They're, they're I think, if not on par, um, better than the Panthers, but if you're running the ball so much, you know, that's going to mitigate the Packers being able to kind of rush passer and get
1: to get to Desmond Ritter. Yeah. And I mean, Desmond Ritter took four sacks last week and he only had 22 dropbacks. So statistically that's not great. Right. And that's where the Packers defense really shined last week. So they had four sacks of course on Justin Fields, who is such a mobile quarterback and they had like 48% quarterback pressure, like just insane astronomical numbers. 30% is considered like really good. So to have 48% is just astronomical. So I don't think Desmond Ritter necessarily poses the type of mobile threat that they had from Justin Fields, but their running backs are more dynamic. So that's, I think where the, the tricky part comes in. You can keep him in the pocket, but if he's able to like dump off the ball behind the line of scrimmage, he's got three weapons we think available this week that can make some really big plays with their legs. So definitely curious to see. It sounds like Quay Walker at least is kind of moving through the concussion protocol really nicely. So in that kind of spiral, I think he'll have a big opportunity on Sunday if he's available.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I was, I was looking here and it, he had a one carry for one yards, Desmond Ritter. So um, you are correct in that he's not Justin Fields, but he doesn't need to be because they have so many great weapons on the ground. Um, my biggest fear is the Packers of old come back and you know, they don't have to throw the ball. You get another game where Desmond Ritter only needs to throw the ball less than 20 times and only have about 100 yards through the air. And it's just because they're getting big chunk plays um, on the ground against them. So I'm sure that they're aware of, you know, their their back duo in Robinson and Algiers and um, especially all three of their touchdowns came from these guys uh, in week one. So again, I think, also tightening things up in the red zone is going to be important.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, that's, you know, a testament to both teams. They're, they're both technically ranked first right now in the league in red zone offense, because both of them had three touchdowns, uh, three trips to the red zone and three touchdowns. So hundred percent completion percentage. So that's something else the Packers defense is going to have to really kind of look out for is the fact that when they're able to get into the red zone, they can scheme up some really creative things because Arthur Smith is like a an interesting dude, but he runs a really fun and interesting offense, so the yeah. Packers are going to have to account for a lot of different looks, the same way, of course, that the Falcons' defense is going to have to look for a bunch from that
0: Definitely. I will say the uh, the other piece of this, too, is we've mentioned some of the Falcons' really, really um, nice weapons, but other than Drake London and Kyle Pitts in the past game, there there isn't a whole lot. You know, like those are who you really need to focus on. Um, obviously, Matt Collins had three catches for 31 yards. um, And then both Bijan and Tyler Algiers were targeted in the past game as well. So you kind of have your key players that this defense needs to focus on. And it's not exactly like some of these other high flying offenses that the Packers are going to see later on in the season, where you've got three, four, potentially like five guys in the receiving game who our corners need to cover. Um, This is going to be, I think, a very like a little bit of a simpler, I should say, like matchup. And if I'm the Falcons, I'm doing my best to get these players into situations where they're the mismatch, um, just given their size. But it's not like this defense is going to have to cover, you know, a big, like widespread kind of like West Coast style, spread them out, passing attack.
1: Yeah, I'm really curious to see kind of what looks we get with you know, the Falcons trotting out pony, they've got the backs to do it. Hopefully Quay Walker can play, but Darnell Savage, I thought had a really good first game played a ton towards the line, led the team in tackles. So they definitely have, you know, the bodies to be able to cover these dynamic weapons. It's just a matter of making sure that they do that. Right. And we think Rashawn Gary will probably get more snaps this week. I know he's kind of on a snap count, but should see that on an upward trajectory think Lucas Van Ness would probably get a couple more snaps. Devontae Wyatt had a really nice game. So looking forward to more production from the rookies. Yeah,
0: let's retweet Devontae Wyatt had a really nice <laughs> game. And I think everyone's been kind of hoping and praying that he takes that second year jump. And so far so good. But let's like replicate it on a another week by week basis. Passion, drive and patience. let's flip to the offense because I think that this, um, this defense is really, this Falcons defense is really interesting. Um, They're certainly much better than the bears. Um, And I think there's a couple of reasons why, Um, especially in the secondary, I think they have some really, really nice players. They obviously have um, AJ Terrell. They got Jeff Okuda from the lions they got Jesse Bates this offseason, which I think was a huge get um, from Cincinnati. And Jesse Bates uh, caused Bryce Young a little bit of hell on Sunday. Um, just a little. Um, they, you know, and he got one thing that I noticed is that Jesse Bates got Bryce Young both times when he was throwing to the middle of the field. And we know Jordan loves, loves to do that. And he's even been quoted saying like, he doesn't mind taking risks and throwing into tight windows. Um, And I just think like, he's going to have to be a little bit more careful with that this week. And I'm not saying don't throw to the middle of the field, not at all, but I'm hoping that he and Matt Lafleur can kind of find a way to scheme open some guys, because if you do that against this defense, like they're going to make you, they're seemingly are going to make you pay for it. Now, I think Bryce Young's first start, he's probably not seeing the field as well as potentially Jordan Love is now. I don't think we've seen Jordan make just, like, really genuinely poor decisions yet. I'm sure a few of them, if not more than a few, are coming. Um, But that's where I, if I'm Jordan, I'm being the most careful.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think, you know, some of the risk here going into this game is this Packers injury report. Christian Watson, again, a do-not-practice. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Obviously, we're recording this Thursday night, so things could change Friday, but not trending in the right direction. And then the bigger piece here is Aaron Jones still did not practice for the full week. So yeah, get out your your prayer candles, form the prayer circle, because this that is kind of I would say the the one weakness of this Falcons defense that first week was they were giving up. Um, yes. I want to say it was like. 4.8 yards per carry. Yeah, 32 rushing attempts for 154 yards. And that's just on the ground, right? So if Aaron Jones can't play, A.J. Dillon needs to have a bounce back week because the opportunities will be there in the run game. But beyond that, Aaron Jones is your most dynamic weapon on offense. And if you don't have guys like Christian Watson available, I will say this Packers offense did a really nice job week 1 of spreading the ball around. Nobody had more than 5 targets. So, you know that, you know, Jordan Love is is going to be okay if Aaron Jones can't play, but Aaron Jones needs to play.
0: <laughs> yeah. Say. Um that's so so important. I think also when you lose Christian Watson, um this that gives one less player for the secondary to have to worry about and we know what Christian Watson brings he brings that speed he stretches the field um we haven't really we did not see I should say Jordan Love really try to like push the ball down the field all that much and I wonder too like what that looks like without Christian Watson especially having Romeo Dobbs on a snap count also TBD hopefully he plays more than he did against the Bears because they're probably going to need him um so I think this is a game where they're they're probably going to really need Christian Watson, but you're right. It's not trending necessarily in the right direction. Um, I think it sounds like according to Matt LaFleur, and we know how he is with injuries. He's pretty, um, he likes to keep his cards close to the, close to the chest, but it seems like Jones is on a better trajectory than Christian Watson. He did suit up. He was limited today. Um, Today we're recording Thursday. So we'll see about tomorrow. Um, but you're right. I mean, they gave up a lot of yards on the ground to the Panthers. Miles Sanders had 18 carries for 72 yards, um, and Chuba Hubbard had nine for 60. So I think having both Jones and Dylan on the field is going to be super important. The Falcons also missed plenty of tackles, too. We talked about the Packers missing tackles. Falcons missed plenty of tackles. So, like, that run game could certainly get going um, if Jones plays. But on the off chance that he does not, uh, Dylan's going to really, really need to keep his feet about him. I'm curious if Jones doesn't play, which back you think gets the nod at the number two, if you think it's going to be Emmanuel Wilson or Patrick Taylor.
1: I could see it being Emmanuel Wilson because I think he's got more big playability, which is what I think that they'd be missing, of course, if Aaron Jones isn't playing. Patrick Taylor is really reliable, and I think part of what he was elevated for was special teams. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this week the nod would definitely go to – Wilson as far as like the productivity standpoint um, I'd be curious I know it's only week one so Matt LaFleur is like a third in his bag right like we haven't seen all the tricks that he has but if Christian Watson still can't go and you're missing that speed piece and Aaron Jones even if he's limited like on a snap count and he's still able to play I'd be really curious to see if there's like Jaden Reed end around so you know like they get creative in the backfield to at least make the Falcons account for more things on defense because the Falcons have some obviously really good pieces, Grady Jarrett. You always have yeah. to be aware of where he is, but the Packers have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Zach Tom, highest graded player from Pro Football Focus um, this week for the Packers, right tackle of the future, right there. Um, but yeah, this is this is going to be a really important game, and I think Jordan Love's going to need more protection than he did in Week One because this is a better defensive front, and he's going to have to you know keep his wits about him as far as like you said where he's targeting. Um, in the middle of the field and kind of who he's going to.
0: I think that's really fun. I think the idea of using Jaden Reed and his speed, I agree with you, is going to be super important. It's so, it's wild. I mean, the one thing I do not worry about at all is this Packers offensive line, at least keeping Jordan Love upright, which is just an amazing thing to say. Um can't forget about luke musgrave right and his speed i think it's actually kind of funny how often jordan love overthrows him i just think neither of them it's like an MVS and rogers situation where just like nobody has gotten used to how fast luke musgrave is luke musgrave himself included um, um i don't think even he's used to how. no <laughs> he literally gets tripped up <laughs> under his own legs like he's so fast for such a big body so if i'm Thinking of a player and again, thinking like mismatches here, like Luke Musrave is your ultimate mismatch. And so I'd love to see Jordan target him more, but um, Jaden Reed, Jaden Reed and his speed for sure. Um, I will say, I think the Packers will definitely put up more points than the Panthers did. They, they yes. only scored 10 points. And um, I think mostly due to the fact that Bryce Young turned the ball over twice. Um, so we kind of, when we always want to play like clean football, it's, that's not going to change week in and week out, but like play clean football, Jordan Love. And I fully expect that the Packers can put up more than the 10 points, but this Falcons defense can very much tighten up in the red zone. So uh, it's not going to be as easy as the Bears.
1: Yeah, and, you know, post game in the locker room, Matt LaFleur had said, like, their goal was to go in and be plus two in turnovers, and they did that, obviously, against the Bears. I'm just, I'm going to manifest this, right? Let's manifest this into the universe. But I think there's a real opportunity for Jair or Rasul to house a screen. Like, somebody's going to blow that up and just pick six. Like, Desmond Ritter is the kind of quarterback that I think, even if they try to play him close to the vest and give him, you know, the short passing game, the dink and dunk, The Packers have an athletic secondary to be able to capitalize on that. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not expecting necessarily a pick six, but I think that the Packers win the turnover battle here. And I Mm -hmm. think that that helps put their offense in position to have more opportunities to put up points, even if it's just field goals at this point. Like, I think they definitely have more opportunities to put up points than the Panthers would have. Totally.
0: I completely agree with you. I, I do think the there's something this Packers team has been very good at, which is sniffing out plays that has yes. develop behind the line of scrimmage. And this Falcons team did a lot of that last week. So switch it up or you're going to have to push the ball down the field because not just the Packers front, but those secondary players. I just think about Rasul does this so, so, so well, which is, he's going to hit you in the backfield. If he sniffs that out, he's going to come charging up and hit you and you're going to have a negative play. So I totally agree with you, even if it's in the run game um, Mm -hmm. as well. I also have to remember that this is going to be an indoor game, right? Falcons are in a dome, right? So no wind, no rain, um, which always, I think kind of evens the playing field for both, but of course, um, makes it easier in the past game and also makes it easier for special teams. So if Anders does have another long field goal, um, not that he couldn't do it out in, in the weather, but um, it's going to be, I think, a lot easier just to like put up points in. Keep his 100% kick streak going.
1: Yeah, and I mean, kind of going back to this, we talked about it already, but the, the Packers front, they had six quarterback hits. On Justin Fields, is like a very mobile elusive yeah. quarterback so I I would almost say to the Justin Fields just given the starting experience right he's played 26 games like he has more poise and probably gets rattled less so if you if you are able to hit Desmond Ritter even if you're not sacking him but if you're knocking him off balance and he feels that pressure it's going to make it even harder for him to take shots and you know then the inaccuracy is going to come out in the screen game so I think you just have to get to him early and often and get him rattled. And we've seen, you know, refreshingly that the Packers do have guys now like Quay Walker and Lucas Van Ness who are very quick. And uh, I don't think anybody would have expected the Lucas Van Ness sack in week one. Right. Like it's almost like he baited Justin Fields into kind of coming in and he was like, Oh look, I can actually, you know, four or five to speed get to yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's going to, going to play a role too here on Sunday.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, I love this Packers pass rush. I love the way that
1: they're rotating
0: guys in. Um, I think I think they would do that regardless of Rashawn Gary's availability, um, but I am looking forward to Rashawn being on the field a lot more because, let's be real like that, he is a game changer. He is a total like field tilter, and he got – I think he had a pressure on like almost 50% of snaps that he played Um, there. He only played 12, but I think he had like five pressures. So he's just like even more so what the Packers were able to do against Justin Fields with him on the field more like you have to you have to watch out for the pressure. Um, And we've said it already, but like Desmond Ritter is not a runner. Um, You don't have to game plan, I guess, for like designed QB runs for Desmond Ritter. So contain him and you should be able to bring him down.
1: I was just curious while we were talking about run defense for this Packers defense. So, you know, feel how you want about pro football focus. I understand that they're not like the only metric used to evaluate players, but I thought this was interesting. So week one, Mm -hmm. the best run defender on the team graded by PFF is Preston Smith, actually. It's Preston Smith and then Darnell Savage, TJ Slayton, and then Rasul Douglas. That's your your top four, which Savage and Douglas make a lot of sense. They were the heavy hitters, I think, in week one. But Preston and then TJ Slayton, if he came out and was a run stuffer, that would just do everything for this defense.
0: Yeah. Well, he, I guess, looked good. Um, I definitely take PFF grades with, like, a little bit of grain of salt. Right. Um, sure. They're one perspective, right? And, like, you know, Darnell Savage gets gets – a high score just because he had the most tackles on the team. Um, Darnell has to, he set the bar high for himself in this yes. first game. Yes.
1: He um,
0: so he, you know, he did it himself, which is great. We know the standard of play in which to expect from him now. So we need to see him repeat that. I, given his inconsistencies in the past, I don't know if I expect a grade that high again this week, but um,
1: we can hope. At least
0: he didn't have any missed tackles. That's. And that's huge. No, that's huge. That is huge. And like if Barry continues to play him kind of close to the line of scrimmage and let him use his instincts and his athleticism, he's going to do more of what he did last week. Um, We just need to keep that going
1: we had seen, right, in 2021, the Packers were the best tackling team in the NFL. And we were like, oh, that's like the Joe Barry thing. He got them tackling. They're sure of themselves. And then in 2022, they were one of the worst tackling teams in the league. So if we can get back to, you know, whatever's happening in the booth with Joe Barry, I like it week one. We're seeing a a lot more physical defense. And if he gets those guys wrapping up and tackling, that's going to go a long way. Because like we've talked about it, the talent is there even you know more than just on paper these are very talented players they just need to be schemed up the right way and it's one game very small sample size but promising to see it on sunday and i think it's 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 going to be important to see them continue that against a better offense now
0: absolutely so hypothetical not the hypothetical we want to actually happen but hypothetical Christian Watson and Aaron Jones can't are not playing in this game players that are going to be like key to this offense succeeding are in your mind.
1: I mean, for sure, Romeo Dobbs, he's got a connection with love and you hope that he's trending in the right direction, but it's still limited in practice. And hopefully that's just them being cautious with him because you don't want the hamstring to to flare up again, Um, but would like to see him start increasing his snaps, even though he was clearly productive in his limited looks, I think it's the usual suspects, you know, Luke Musgrave, keep his feet. And he scores a touchdown pretty easily. So that's important. And then the biggest one is just A.J. Dillon needs to have a bounce back game because 1.5 yards per carry against the Bears D-line is just... And, you know, the scheme didn't do him many favors. We talked about it. He wasn't always put in a position to be successful, but needs to, needs to capitalize on the opportunities that he does have.
0: Totally. I 100% agree with that. Well, let's just hope that we get one of our weapons for this game Um, because I think if either Christian Watson or Aaron Jones and it's going to look like it's probably going to be Aaron Jones play in this game I feel like this is a very well matched um, just like a very well matched game and a fairly like uncommon opponent even though they're an NFC team um, just because they're an entirely new Falcons team just like we're an entirely new Packers team so it's gonna be a fun game Um, I unfortunately am gonna have to find a stream it is not the game of the week. I'm not going to be able to watch it on my television this this week. Um, but I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a really fun game. Final score predictions.
1: I've been thinking about this a lot because I know we wrap the show with this every week. So I always try to come prepared with my thoughts. And I'm, I'm feeling like 28-21, 28-17. I think the Packers their offense is going to continue to put up points, especially if Aaron Jones is able to play. I think their defense gives them a couple turnovers to work with. So yeah, 28, 17, I think the Falcons can put up some points, but I don't think they're going to be able to hang.
0: Okay. Um, I'm in the realm of like a 27, 21, 27, 23. I I do think that the Packers come out on top, although it depends on the weapons that are available for sure. But Um, I think I have to give them the nod. Um, I think that the Packers defense, if they play the way they played last week, um, can do some decent damage against the Falcons offense. And I think that's where they have the slight advantage. Same with the Packers offensive line. I just don't think that they, the Falcons pass rush is going to cause as many problems for Jordan Love as they did for Bryce Young. Um, So I think the Packers come out of Atlanta victorious
1: which would be fun because then they'd be 2-0 and for when we get to Lambeau Fields <laughs> to watch the season opener at Lambeau. Jordan yeah. Love coming out of the tunnel. I get chills just thinking about it. Can't wait. I'm very excited, but <laughs> we, will, we will record about that next week. Um,
0: any final thoughts?
1: I just think that – I think there's more opportunities for this Falcons defense to, to fluster Jordan Love. So I want to see him respond if he does make mistakes because he played such a clean game against the Bears and he didn't look rattled at all. I mean, he fumbled the snap at one point and he picks it up and throws it for 37 yards. So I'm just really curious to see how he maintains his poise because it's every you know report about him from players in the locker room is that he's just calm, cool, collected all the time. So not that you want the Falcons to get in his head, but I think if there is a team early on the schedule that can get him a little bit rattled, it would probably be the Falcons. So I'm curious to see how he responds if he should, you know, come up against some adversity and maybe throw a pick on Sunday. Sure. What about you?
0: Um, no, I just think it's going to be a good game. I think it's a hard one to predict given how new each of these teams are. Um, and that's what makes it so fun and exciting. They've only put film on for one week so far. Um, I think they both, did some really really nice things and they also both have some pretty clear weaknesses that either side can exploit and it's just gonna be a matter of who can do it better
1: yeah absolutely but that is all the time that we have for today's show you can find the podcast on twitter at pwss podcast on all other socials at Pax what she said You can find perry on twitter at perry underscore goldstein you can find me on twitter at maggie j loney we will of course be back on monday recapping the game hopefully talking about a victory thank you as always for listening remember to download the show it helps out our numbers quite a bit subscribe like everything you see we appreciate it and as always go Pecko. go go, Pack go.